18. Acts chapter 18, as we see, I mean, as we just continue to hear God's work and his mission, and as we continue to see it in our lives, to know that we can be occupied with God's word, declaring it and sharing it, the testimony of Christ. The people, the, the disciples, the apostles that you see, the believers that you see in the book of Acts, they are consumed with it. I would say they're just simply consumed or occupied with making the name of Jesus known to everyone they come in contact with. I want to give you this example once again. Luke, not being exhaustive in his writing, just trying to depict these basic messages to remind us of how the gospel was going forth and how the people of God were consumed with it. He tells us in chapter 18, verse 1, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth. And he found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. And he came to them. So because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for by occupation they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus is the Christ. Now, here's Paul. He's still out on his mission. You remember a few weeks ago, he was there in Athens, the cultural center of Greece. He was there. He was debating. He was sharing with the philosophers. He was declaring the name of Christ. It says, now he comes to this place named Corinth, which is the largest city in Greece at this time, which is one of the major areas of all of Greece and even the region of that moment. He comes there. And this is where uh, Paul will stay basically 18 months. year and a half he'll stay in Corinth. And he'll have quite the ministry. Notice in verse 5, in the New King James, it says, Paul was compelled by the Spirit. I like the translation that you find in the ESV a little bit better as you get back to the original rendering. There in the ESV, it says that he was occupied with the word that he was occupied he was consumed by the good news of christ and by declaring that wherever he went so i want to give you these truths if you will very quickly tonight one he was occupied with the word despite the location he found himself in now you've seen this you've heard dr luke tell us this i mean dr luke has charted a course for us is he not Dr. Luke is taking us all around the known world. And in every place and in every city, as the, as the disciples, the missionaries go forth, they are consumed. They are occupied with the word. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter what is being accomplished. And believers are like that. I mean, obviously, you see Paul going from Athens to Corinth. What is he doing? Preaching the good news. Even in verse 2, when it talks about Aquila and Priscilla, it demonstrates to us, again, their testimony, no matter where they are. Now, notice what it says here. It says that they were actually in Rome. They were in Rome until the emperor Claudius had expelled all of the Jews. And according to history, according to the historical records, uh, the Emperor Claudius expelled all of the Jews because of a dispute over the, quote, Christos, which we would say most likely was a dispute over 
Christ. And for the Romans, they thought it was just a Jewish thing. They couldn't see a Jew from a Christian. They just thought, hey, they're arguing over who the Messiah is, the Christ. So what Claudius did is just said, everybody get out. All of you Jew Jewish individuals, get out of Rome. But here, Priscilla and Aquila, they had been in Rome. And obviously, they had been expressing their faith there. It is interesting because Paul had not even gotten to Rome yet, right? So how in the world was the gospel in Rome, the center of the universe? How, how was the gospel there? Well, people who had heard the good news of Christ, people like Priscilla and Aquila, those individuals who had heard the gospel of Christ, wherever they went, no matter where that was, wherever they went, they shared the gospel of Christ, wherever. And it's amazing that the gospel got to Rome before Paul did because people just naturally took it with them. Wherever they went, the gospel went with them. Let me say to you, for us as believers, wherever we go, the good news of Jesus Christ should be upon our lips and our lives, wherever it is. It should not be something that we check at the house before we leave. I'm afraid we have too many Christians like that today. People who can worship on Sunday morning and the gospel is alive for them as they sing, as they worship. But when it comes to Monday, they have checked Jesus at the door. They've not taken him with them. I'm saying to you, as I look at the book of Acts, I cannot even envision a believer who would leave Jesus at home. I can't even begin to envision such a believer in the book of Acts. When the people of God went out, they were so consumed by Christ and his love and his affection and his salvation that they had to share the name of Christ. I say to you again, when God does a work within us and the spirit of God brings witness to us, he gives us the empowerment. He gives us the motivation. He gives us that opportunity to take Christ to those around us. We should be like that. To be able to be occupied with the word, the good news, no matter what location we find ourselves in. He was occupied with the word despite the immorality that he saw around him. Now, it's not exclusively mentioned here, but Corinth, I mean, read the letters. Read the Corinthian correspondence from Paul. And you will find a town, you will find a community that was engrossed in immorality. You'll find some of the most shocking things you could imagine when you read the letters of First and Second Corinthians. And you would think to yourself, how in the world could believers like that, even those people that are coming into the churches, how could people tolerate and even live like that. As a matter of fact, in that day and age, to say that you live like a Corinthian meant that you were living immorally. Everybody recognized that. There was one word in the Greek to speak about living like a Corinthian. And if that's what was the word that you used, they meant that you lived immorally. Isn't that a sad commentary on a city? But friends, in some places of this world that we go around today, especially in those places that can only see our nation reflected through its movies 
and media and other areas. There are probably a lot of people around this globe now. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people around this globe now that think being American is associated with immorality as well. Isn't it sad that we could have come to this place? There are people who see those movies and see those other uh, media uh, displays that all they can think about is immorality. And, And to be honest, there's a lot of immorality around. There's a lot of immorality all around us. And yet, I say to you that we are called to be occupied with the Word. Not occupied with immorality, but occupied with the Word of demonstrating Christ in the midst of immorality. That we're calling people to Christ. When I hear reports like the ones we just heard a moment ago and how God is working, God is moving, I'm reminded that our nation will not be changed by an election. It will not be changed by political reformation. It will only be changed through the spiritual work of the Lord Jesus Christ changing people's lives. It's the only thing that's going to happen. And that's the reason we have to be occupied with the word in the face of immorality. He was testifying there in Corinth. He was occupied with the word in the midst of idolatry. Usually where you find immorality, you find idolatry. They go hand in hand. Whether it's perceived, whether it's actual, whether it's spoken, or whether it's understood, idolatry. There were three temples in Corinth. Three temples. One to Aphrodite, the goddess of love. One to Apollo, the sun god. Also to the god of healing, Asclepius, the god of healing. Think of that. I was looking back over that today, and I thought those three gods, you've got the god of love and the god of the sun, which would be associated really with prosperity because they believe the sun crops all of that prosperity, if you will, and then the god of healing. So even in Corinth, what were they preaching? Well, they were preaching love, prosperity, and health. You want to say that we could find those same messages and those same gods and goddesses worshipped in our nation? Absolutely. We may not call them the same things, but don't miss the point. People are still gathering around those, seeking those things and those purposes, and literally worshipping them. And what did Paul do? In the midst of all that, right there in in the shadows of these other temples, what is he doing? He's occupied with the Word. May I say this? Sometimes we need to be less concerned about all of the other uh, idolatry and religious goings-on and all that stuff. Sometimes we need to be less concerned about that and more concerned about ourselves being occupied with the Word. I used to... I had this uh, couple at Picayune, not the same couple that was here this morning, okay, so that you've met them. I'm not talking about them. So if you see them again, don't... Don't say, hey, he talked about you when you left that night. But there was a couple that came to me. They were embracing some type of unbiblical doctrine, what I believed. They came to me and they said, Brother Reggie, we've been going over to so-and-so. Where's Dale? Dale, I hate to tell you, it was Bogalusa where they were going. (laughs) We've been hearing this seminar over there that they've been doing for a while. And, uh, you know, we're just so confused. 
we thought this, and this is what we've done. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. When, when are you going over there? Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights. Oh, it's great, great. So you're going over there to that seminar because you want to find out more about this. And Wednesday nights, at that time, what I was doing is, is actually speaking through the Baptist faith and message as it was reflected in Scripture. So he said, now tell me what you're, you're learning again. So they were telling me a little bit of what they were learning and how they were so confused. And, and you just, you'd be amazed. It was two weeks before that that I'd covered that same subject on Wednesday night. I say to you, we need to be more occupied with the Word ourselves instead of worrying about what everybody else is teaching and preaching. We need to get back to the basics of simply teaching and preaching Jesus Christ and what His impact upon our lives really are. I hate to be that simple, but I'm telling you, some of us can get into areas we should never be in anyway. We should be occupied with the Word and not allow distractions to come into our lives. Paul, well, he was occupied with the Word despite the idolatry that would come. He was occupied with the Word despite the lack of resources. Did you hear what it said? It said Paul was about this business of tent making. In other words, he was doing whatever it would take so he could preach the gospel. He was, he was working with Aquila and Priscilla, and they were making tents. Some people say this is like leather working. He, he was just putting it all together. It was working whatever it would take. He wasn't complaining about the lack of resources. He wasn't waiting for the full-time position. He was simply occupied with the Word. Now, later on, I think the Philippians, as we'll see, as uh, these others who will come join him, they will send uh, resources, they will help him. But he just simply preaches. I was visiting last week with a college student down at um, Beach Retreat. He was telling me he felt like God was calling him to ministry and uh, was talking about different aspects of it. And I simply said to him, I said, you know what? If God's called you to ministry, you know what you need to be doing right now? You need to be writing out sermons. You need to be preaching. You need to be teaching. You need to be sharing. You need... Don't wait. Just don't wait. So many of us just wait because we think that's when we're going to do something. We ought to always be about, no matter if it's, it's not a full-time position. Who cares? It is a full-time position in the fact that you are a believer of Christ and you are to testify daily. That's a full-time position. We ought to be sharing the love of Christ. And thank God. May I say this? I know we're about to run out of time. But thank God for those preachers through the years. Those preachers in our small Southern Baptist churches that worked 40 hours at another job and then put 40 hours into the church job just to get it done because they believed in the gospel of Christ. I'm telling you that I'm not sure that many of our generation now really understand the sacrifice that we have seen in the past. Whatever, in the lack of resources or whatever comes, we're to be occupied with the gospel. You continue to come on and you continue to read down through, you'll see rejection. You'll see persecution. You'll see false charges. I'm not going to read the rest of the verses tonight. I hope you'll do it when you go home. But you'll see rejection, persecution, false charges. You'll see it all come at Paul. And you know what? He's occupied with the word no matter what comes. False charges come, he's occupied with the word. Persecution comes, occupied with the word. Yes, he leaves the synagogue. He leaves the synagogue. 
And he goes to the Gentiles. Some people probably think, why did he even start with the Jews? He's already seen this kind of response from them before. Why did he start there? Because he tells us in Romans he has a heart for his brothers and sisters. He has a heart for the nation. And he wanted to see them know the Lord. But whatever their response, he was going to continue. Even if it had to be the Gentiles, he would go out. No matter what persecution would come. Oh, but even in the midst of persecution, God brings in those to the family. Read where it says Crispus, the synagogue ruler, comes to faith. Many may turn against him, but Crispus comes to faith and his household is baptized. Later on, he'll go before Gallio and there will be the false charges, but God will be the sovereign one once again and that Gallio will find nothing wrong. Actually, turn his eye, if you will, to what's going on in this dispute. And you'll mention this guy named Sosthenes who will be beaten, who becomes the ruler. And then when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, you'll see that that same guy has become a believer because God's still working in the midst of persecution. Isn't it amazing what happens when you're occupied with the Word? Not everybody will respond. I've said that before here on Sunday nights as we've looked through the book of Acts. But when you're occupied with the Word and the Lord Jesus Christ and you're trying to declare Him, I will say to you that there are those who will come to faith. And that's the reason you keep that's the reason you keep proclaiming the word and declaring the word and sharing your testimony and sharing Christ. Because there are those who will come. So I say to you, we as a church, we've embraced God's word in so many ways. Our motto over the last few years has been come and gather around the word. And it is a wonderful thing to gather with the family of God. I said this morning that I've been out some and here and there, but I'll tell you, being with the people of God here at Team temple to gather around the word it is awesome i love it but god has also called us to live out the word he's called us to be occupied with the word wherever we go and to share christ wherever it is and i pray that god would continue to challenge us as his people that he would continue to challenge us to live a faithful testimony and that we would verbally express our faith in christ daily let's pray together father we praise you tonight for your word for the good news for the gospel that has changed us and father i pray that that change would work itself out into our lives every day that those we come in contact with whether we are here in the Ruston community whether we're in arcadia shreveport whether we're out in los angeles whether we're down in nicaragua Father, I pray that people would see your love. They would see the message of your son lived out in our lives. God, thank you for allowing us to enter into this work with you. And may we be faithful to the task. In Jesus' name, amen.